From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Peter Hartlaub, pop culture critic of the San Francisco Chronicle, here with Mick LaSalle for Movies with Mick LaSalle. Welcome, sir. Oh, thank you very much. It's good to be here. Yeah, new pink section redesign yeah. in our department, uh, Mick. <laughs> and you have a new column? I have a new column that's going to run like one out of three times in place of Ask Mick. It's sort of like Ask Mick without the ask. It's just Mick. And, you know, it's funny with that thing. We took so many pictures for, to go with that <laughs> column. It's really something, you know. It, it used to be that I, I would stand in front of a camera and a picture would come out and it would look like me and it would be good. Yeah. And now it's like it's like major surgery. We had to go. It was, <laughs> it was like an hour to just find a, a picture that was like, you know, like something resembling a human being. Are you, are you happy with the finished result? What will the readers see? I think it's, yeah, I think I'm happy with the finished result. Actually, um, Liz Hefalia took the picture and, and she, we got about seven or eight that would have been totally fine. And and then um, I let other people pick. But it's curious. It was nice to see that uh, the Chronicle picked the same one that my mother my sister and my wife chose <laughs> so and it, it wasn't one that i'd pick at all i, I thought that i I'd, I'd pick one that was you know more smiley well i i'm looking forward to um the photo and the yeah. new <laughs> column uh ask mick lasalle is my that's my entry point and yeah pick. yeah and i usually go from there to critical consensus to whatever the cover story is but um I know it's still going to be used, so a, a third yeah. less ask Michael A third less ask right. Michael but it's just going to be. It's going to be really. I'm going to write it like it's the column, but then the other, the other. It'll be one. Yeah, it'll, it'll just be one. One out of three yeah. will be the the new column on average. Well, this is a this is a good podcast episode. I'm going to give up the fact that we've already recorded it. I've already listened <laughs> to it. I really enjoyed this one. Um, you talk about comedies that don't hold up over time, some new films, The Art of Self-Defense, The Lion King, and Stuber. Uh, spoiler, Little Man Sleeping or Empty Chair for Stuber? Uh, sleeping. It's sleeping. not good enough for an empty chair, if you right. know what I mean. Well, it was a fun discussion yeah. Uh, yeah. with you and Liba. Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. Well, hello, everybody. This is Mick LaSalle, and welcome to another Movies with Mick LaSalle. I am here with my former editor, Leba Hertz. Hi, Leba. Hi, everybody. So anyway, it's been what, another two weeks, and we're just hanging around and just... Uh, I, I was yeah I took pictures. I, this is the time of year I like to take pictures and send them to my friends on the East Coast because I have a picture of uh, my wife and... and 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 me yeah that's grammatically right my wife uh, yeah a picture of my wife and me walking around in like overcoats <laughs> in July and I like to mail them to my friends in New York so anyway how how you doing I'm doing good I'm heading on vacation soon it's a wonderful feeling isn't it it's a great feeling yeah the vacation thing is not just a vacation it's the looking forward to vacation <laughs> it's actually the house that looks like a hurricane has gone through it right now because I'm trying to like pack <laughs> and you were saying earlier because we were talking you said that, uh, that you get a little nervous about getting on a plane mm-hmm. oh absolutely D- did you and I wanted to be an astronaut yeah yeah and then I found out I was bad at physics I'm afraid of flying yeah afraid and of I flying get car sick 
Uh, yeah, I yeah I can't. <laughs> and I did not know yeah. you got space sick, but then uh, I started watching all these things, and of course it was one of those like you know, jaw dropping moments of horror, like in the producers. Yeah, I can't even get on a ride in the music. I can't do um, a roller coaster. I just I love I doing. I can do the it, roller coaster as long up, as so. it doesn't have a circle. But the carousel gives well, the me circle problems. Thing. Yeah, the circle thing. Anyway, you've tuned into a movie thing, so I guess we should talk about movies. Mm. It's inevitable. <laughs> we got to get to it. At can least we first just. Um, also, I want to just give a special shout out or, or special like condolence or memories to. Uh, he was in a couple of movies. Jim Bouton, who wrote Ball Four. Oh, Jim Bouton died. Jim Bouton died, and as a matter of fact, he was in a movie of that I really liked called The Long Goodbye remake with Elliot Gould. Yeah, and and, uh, uh, and I want to give a shout out to Ross Perot, who, who um, I think that if you know if you're trying to figure out like reasons to put me in a straitjacket. Uh, one reason would be I voted for Russ Perot twice. <laughs> no, not once. I voted for Russ Perot twice. Now, how does anybody do that? I still wonder. Uh, how does that even happen? Did, you didn't hear the two words that my father, the communist who became a Democrat, used to say? What? Supreme Court. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. Ross Perot, though, and he, I have to say, he was a funny guy. In '92, he was he was really f- two words. <laughs> he was funny. I know, but he was he was funny. He's like, we're gonna put the thing up there. We're gonna do that. We're gonna do. Yeah. He was he was just so much fun. Anyway, um, and I guess yeah. Okay, so so what do we got going on? I think we have a we have well we have a kind of a major well sort of major event coming up in the world of entertainment within the Chronicle. Oh, what is it? Well, I don't know. You tell me. What do you think it is? I don't want to know. Well, we've, <laughs> we've done. A, there's a pink redesign uh, coming up. One of the many pink redesigns that we've had over the years, and this is going to have more content from the writers of the paper, which is complete, totally gradual, different thing from when I was first here. But that's that's another story. But it used to be, none of the daybook writers wrote for the pink. And then but, when I first came aboard, all of them wrote for the pink. Yeah, I know. But starting in, yeah, they, they did, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and nobody, and very few wrote regularly for the pink. And then I started writing mm-hmm. regularly for the pink. But anyway, I have two articles in that. Would you like me to tell you anything about the articles I have Yes, please. I would like to hear about them. You know what you should write about? What, what should I write about? You should write about women in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know how you mean that, Leva. <laughs> I know that you're you're trying to suggest that maybe I did this before. <laughs> well, no, but no, this is something different. I mean, there is a little section about the pre-code women because they kind of fit into the picture. And my new editor has never wanted. heard of Norma Shearer. <laughs> well, I don't know if he, he not yeah, not everybody has. I'm not sure, but he wanted that part in, and that's only a couple par. That's like four paragraphs, but this is a long article. And what it really is about is that I looked, I, I counted them. It took some research. And I counted how many roles are starring women in the movies of 2018 and 2019. And I compared that and I, I started counting other years. 1990, 1995, 1996. Just going through it. I looked in the 1950s. I, there's some things I don't even mention in the article. I looked in the 70s. Started counting that. And then I looked at 1933 to get an idea of what was going on then. And it's actually rather interesting," <clears throat> he said, clearing his throat. It's um, we had in 2018, we had 33 percent of the roles star movies starred a woman. Now it could be it starred a woman because she's Captain Marvel and she's obviously the star of the movie, or it could be that she's in a romantic comedy, but it's a real romantic comedy or a romantic drama like or romantic drama musical like *Star Is Born*. 
And, you know, it, it calls for a judgment call on my part because I, I'm the one who decides whether the, the woman has an equal role or equal is good, but can't be lesser. Like, for example, I think Star is Born, Lady Gaga is at least equal, at least equal to uh, Brad, uh, Bradley Cooper. I think she is actually the star. I think she really is the star, yeah. Um, He's the director of, of the movie, and I think he sort of gave it to her. Yeah, but it always inevitably is to the yeah. star and the star is born. Then, then there are romantic comedies where both people are equal. Then there are romantic comedies where it's the, about a guy searching for the woman of his dreams, and third of the way into the movie, he meets. You know, that doesn't count. So, yeah, I did that, 33%. For example, you have a movie called Late Night, which is a romantic comedy, but the women are in the front and center of that movie with oh, I would Thompson say, and Mindy Kaling. I wouldn't even call it a romantic comedy. Where would you say it was a romantic comedy? Oh, she's got she's got relationships with guys. We won't go into what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know. yeah but it's but, it, I mean, the yeah. central relationship though is between her and Emma Thompson. Yeah, so that's an easy call. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very easy call. Exactly. Very, very easy call. Anyway, so I was looking at it. So I was familiar based on my previous research into this matter because I did sort of look into this stuff when I was writing The Beauty of the Real, which was uh, my third and most recent book so far. And I, so I knew about 2001, but I, so 2001 was 18.5%. And I knew, then I counted up 2018, and I saw that it was 33%. And so what I assumed was it was gradual, you know, some gradual thing, which would actually be really good if it were because it would mean that there was a a subtle shift that was getting kind of baked in to the consciousness and and the preferences of viewers it's not the case actually women fluctuated at between 15 and 20 percent for most of the 21st century uh got up to like 22 percent in like 2014 but got down to 20 percent in 2015 or, or no actually i have that 2016 2017 those are the statistics for those and then all of a sudden boom up to 33 percent in 2018 so we don't know what it's about i i have to ask myself what happened nationally in 2016 that would make people interested in putting women in roles nothing big happened well the thing I first thing I thought of, which I reject, is Trump. I thought maybe it was a reaction against Trump, but it's not because they never have an assertive. First of all, Hollywood never has a, an assertive reaction towards anything, but also Hollywood never has a concerted assertive reaction. I think it was Hillary. I was going to say it's Hillary. It's Hillary. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. I think it was Hillary. There was a sort of mood in the that, air. There was not only that, but it was Pantsuit Nation, and then also ha. the loss was so shocking. Yeah, everybody thought yeah. she was going to win. Yeah, you know, and I said it was just sort of that whole reaction that, you know, I mean, people had already built movies around oh, female yeah. presidents and, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah, uh, which I've seen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, action movies with a w- woman a, is definitely yeah. Hillary. And I mean, there's a TV series um, called The Good Fight, which is a... Um, uh, spinoff of The Good Wife, and the beginning of the show is Christine Baranski in the lead watching the election results. Yeah. And like just true horror. Oh, true horror. horror. Oh, yeah, true horror. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, well, you know, mm-hmm. I still, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I, if I should uh, have another party on, in 2020, because I had a party in 2016, <laughs> and we threw out all the food. Nobody, nobody <laughs> could eat. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. so that that's, and then, you know, I go mm-hmm. into a, but a, a lot of things about, but, you know, it, it wasn't always, mm-hmm. 33% wasn't always good. I mean, 1933, 61% of the roles were mm-hmm. for w- were women's roles. So, you know, that, and that's, an, you know, that's a, a period that I'm very interested in. And then I think I have another article in there, Libra, don't I? Yeah. 
You do? Okay, yeah, well, since you asked me <laughs> about it. Is it the it. column? Yeah, it's a column. Yeah, it's a column that's going to run about 33% of the time instead of Ask Mick. It's sort oh, of like, no. yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know. But it's sort of like Ask Mick without anybody asking. <laughs> just me, it's just Mick without the ask. And it's a, it's a column about this one thing that I, I won't go into too much detail about. But I'll just say it's a rather interesting thing um, that I've been looking at movies that are about 70 years old, 70, 75 years old. And these are movies that were great when I saw them in the 90s. And now I'm watching them, and all of a sudden they suck. You know, that's interesting. I just watched Dodsworth, a movie I actually at one point had in my top ten. I just watched it, and I was, like, totally bored. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know what happened. Maybe I got too old for it. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe it wasn't. I mean, you have to ask yourself because, you Uh, know, because we uh, are, for us to be able to say, hey, this movie was good 50 years, uh, you know, 20 years ago when it was only 50 or whatever, we are, we have to be seeing them again so we're not seeing them for the first time but i i i had this experience with a with a class i taught at stanford i i I was Mm -hmm. doing a class called um comedies that are actually funny or something Mm -hmm. and it was a because i wanted to like celebrate Mm -hmm. comedies that are funny as opposed Mm -hmm. to comedies like the apartment or something and i wanted to then i thought i'd show like a span of history you know so and in fact, yes, yesterday I was just mm-hmm. showing in another class, I was showing a, a Buster Keaton movie from 1929 called Spite Marriage. It's still hysterical. Really, really genuinely funny. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought I'd show uh, Palm Beach Story, Preston Sturgis movie mm-hmm. from 1942. Yeah. I had seen this movie in 1980 when I was like 20 or so. Uh, I saw it in the 1990s. It was hilarious. And I figured, oh, I'll show it, you know, this thing. It's absolutely, you know, can't miss and I had students in my class because it's like for adult mm-hmm. education kind of things who were older than me I said oh yeah that's going to be great I showed it the movie was dead it was so not funny <laughs> it was so not funny <laughs> that you know the, the two leads were good and actually Rudy Valley is good but it was Claudia Colbert and Joel McRae he, and Rudy mm-hmm. Valley's in it they were good but the material just wasn't funny yeah. and so it occurred to me that maybe 50 is not really the age for classics Maybe it's seventy, or it just may be that that the change of, of our morals, uh, or or even that of, of how we view things, is, is just totally different from I, past. I mean, you look yeah. at TV and the progression, and you watch something like The Sopranos, and then you watch maybe like The Untouchables, and and the time you really liked it, but we've changed so much. Or like I was watching um, I Claudius. And remembering how great, but the way it's filmed and everything, it's just so dated. Yeah. You know, and, and you were just like, well, this isn't what I remember at all, you know. I know. It's it's hard to mm. know. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't mm. know what it is, but I, I think this, though. But the Dick Van Dyke show is still hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I think it's like this. I mean, you know, we, for years, film critics have said that if a movie lasts 50 years, it's a classic. And the reason why film critics have said this well, first of all, they don't know. They're just guessing because we don't know. Movies have not been around long enough for us to know really because when we say classic, we don't mean – we mean that we, – we, the word classic really means in this context forever. So if a movie lasts 50 years, it's forever. Everybody's going to like it forever. But the reason why critics say that based on nothing is that that's how it works for books. It works that way for books. If a book lasts 50 years, then it's forever. But a book has everything going against it. A book, you have to, like, get it and then read it. It is so active 
a, an act. A, a movie could just be on, you know, and just watch it, right? So I think maybe it might be more like 70 because I'm seeing some 70-year-old movies that are still good, but I'm watching other movies that, like, like for example, The Man Who Knew Too Much, right? Okay, sera, 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 sera. that thing. <laughs> I saw that movie after 50 years or 45 years when it was that, that old, and it was great. Still, it was great. And I would write, oh, this movie's great. This is like the best mm-hmm. Hitchcock movie. It's as good as Vertigo. Of course, I was a moron anyway. But still, you know, I, I genuinely believed it. I saw that movie about a year or two ago, and it just seemed it seemed ridiculous. But, you know, it's like you could say, like, with Casablanca, I have to say I haven't seen it in, like, three years. But uh, that seems to hold up. It's still good. Um, foreign, a lot of Hitchcock's still like old ones. Foreign Correspondent and The Lady Vanishes are two I can just Uncle watch. Uncle Charlie didn't hold up, though. I just watched Which one? Um, Uncle Charlie, uh, Shadow yeah. of a Doubt. Yeah, I can see why. That, I was surprised. Yeah. I thought Uncle Charlie would just be great. But yeah. no, it's not because it's mm. sort of like it made no sense. Yeah. There was like some a things lot of like, those why 60s you do movies, this? too, don't hold up because yeah. they're of a time yeah. and they're doing things. And then you look at it and you're just sort of like, it's supposed to be dramatic and yet you're laughing because it just doesn't it's look so dated. right. It doesn't and look right. A lot of what really dates really, really poorly generally are romantic comedies because, because that's on a trajectory. That deals with sexual mores. And for some reason, sexual more and also, too, what's, what's considered desirable, which mm-hmm. is synonymous with what, what's considered cool, you know. And what's cool and also what's in a way moral in a conventional sense, those things change in like 25 years. Well, like, but take a movie like Charade with Cary Grant, who's yeah. way older than Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. This is a movie I have watched at least 20 times in my life. And my cousin, who's about 20 years younger than me, just watched it for the first time and he was blown away. Yeah, that was a good movie. You know, but you think about the morals, it's like, well, she's way too young for the guy, you know? Yeah, I know, but it's Cary Grant. That type of thing. It's, and Walter Matthau. Yeah. But it's just sort of... It's just something special about it. I mean, you know, because it just put together so well, and you're dealing with two really charismatic stars in there. Yeah, but, you know, I just, I just wonder though. I mean, like we we assume that that mm-hmm. that stars, you know, like, I mean, I assume like Humphrey Bogart was forever, Greta Garbo was forever. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, we assume, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to like to? I would love to know what it would be like to watch a George Clooney movie in the year 2300. They might find them repulsive. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. You know, we don't know. I think there are certain aspects. We would know so much if we had a time machine. It would be really, even just to go backwards, because then we'd get an idea. But even now, going backwards wouldn't tell us anything, actually, because the they didn't thing, have film in those days. So The only thing that would be interesting know. is to go backwards when, um, to me, is when uh, Citizen Kane first showed. Because at the time, it was so revolutionary. Yeah. And, I mean, now we look at it and we appreciate the revolutionary nature. of Same with The Birth of a Nation, as horrible as it was. Filmmaking-wise, it was, at the time, unbelievable. Yeah, it was so but, epic. But you go back in that time and just see and what stirred up the emotions and everything. But now you look at, uh, to me, Citizen Kane, which is still really worth seeing movie, for what yeah. it was. Yeah, sure. But it is dated in so many ways. In some ways it's dated, but it, I think yeah. that one at least, you know, holds up as a, as a movie yeah. uh, experience. But anyway, yeah, you could read The Pink. I, I said mm. I wasn't going to talk about oh. it, and there I did. I talked about it. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're going to add some movies. Uh, we already yeah. talked about Midsummer from right. a couple of weeks ago. That was uh, How about, kind let's of start. Insane. Let's start with Stuber. Stuber's just bad. Um <laughs> Stuber's bad. Uh, it's and it's two guys that I like. It's Kamile, Kamale, Kamal. It's the guy from The Big Sick. Yeah, yeah. I Kamal, like Kamal, is it, No, it's Nanjiani. He's t- he's uh, Italian, Kamal, like, obviously. He, he, anyway, he's terrific. Uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, he he plays an Uber driver whose car is 
basically hijacked, not hijacked, but it's uh, commandeered by uh, Dave Batista, Bautista, Bautista, mm. who is uh, a cop trying to avenge the death of his partner, but he happened to get LASIK that day. I mean, talk about just, <laughs> he got LASIK that day, so he can't see anything. His eyes are blurry. And so he has to have Kamal. How do you press his first name? I know it's Nanjiani. No, it's Kamal. Do you know Engineer? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What's Nanjiani? He's the guy from the Big Sick. My paisan, Mr. Nanjiani, is. I think it's something like Nanjiani. Yeah, Nanjiani. Yeah, it's got to be Nanjiani, right? Nanjiani. I met him. He's very nice. Yeah, he seems nice. And I met Emily, his wife. She seems kind of feisty, but maybe nice. Yeah, the wife she, is really nice. She's nice too. Good. Yeah, and in the movie she's feisty because that's Zoe Kazan. Oh, Zoe Kazan. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Actually, Zoe Kazan. It was terrific. I in that thought movie. she was lovely, but I think that she's less feisty. The wife is pretty feisty in mm-hmm. interviews and stuff. But anyway, Kumail. Kumail. It's pronounced Kumail was, Nanjiani. Kumail you got, Nanjiani. You got the Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Which is more important than the Kumail, oh, I yeah. think. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> he commandeers it, and and basically he forces this poor Uber driver to do incredibly dangerous things in pursuit of some kind of drug trafficking terrorist. And it's just unpleasant. You know, the thing about these buddy movies, which is essentially what this is, you, it, it is very common in buddy movies for the guys to get thrown together and wish they weren't together. But it is not common in successful buddy movies for the audience to say, oh, yeah, this is horrible. Get them away from each other. <laughs> That's not what the way it's supposed to work. I mean, if you're watching Midnight Run. I was this, just thinking of that movie. Yeah, because, exactly what I was and if thinking you, of. If you're watching Midnight Run, well, you know, it's a good, you know, this, that's a good movie to think about because this movie is very mm-hmm. much like an 80s movie. It's like it's like uh, the Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. movies and, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Midnight Run except, you know, it's like those movies, but it's not good. Uh, Charles Grodin and oh. and uh, Robert De Niro do not like each other for most of that movie. <laughs> they don't like each other at all. But we love them together because they're both getting on each other's nerves. Dave Bautista, his role is written as just like a kind of a sledgehammer. He's just a f- just just being forceful. There's no nuance, and he's directed that way. So he's just like a guy. You just wish that they just get him out of the car because he's horrible. So this is what you watch for. There's this woman. Throughout the movie, there's this running thing. There's this girl that he's been, woman, he's been madly in love with, Camille Nanjiani. He's been madly in love with this woman for years. And then she, now she is getting increasingly drunk and calling him saying, come over and have sex with me, basically. <laughs> and he can't get home, can't get to her house to have sex with her because he has this, 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 this brute in his car who's just endangering his life. And it's supposed to be funny. This is supposed to be funny? It's not funny. So it's just bad. Um, just a completely dead movie. And it reminded me when I was watching, I was saying, this is an August movie. Because this is the kind of movie, you know, August is when they released the movies that tried to sell out and it didn't even work. You know, like January and February is the time for movies that tried to be great and they turned out to be abominations. August is the time for movies where everybody tried to make money, they tried to sell out and the movie was just lousy. That's what this movie seems like, although I don't know. It's a pretty dead week. Maybe maybe no. it'll be a big hit. No, it won't be. Okay, you, you don't think so? Spider-Man's going to stay, stay on top. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. August, I was just noticing a Richard Linkleather movie is opening. In yeah, August, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I'm going to see that uh, next week. Yeah. What else do we have, Leba? Um, you have The Arts of Self-Defense. 
Uh, interesting movie. That's that's with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, directed, written and directed by Riley Stern, who I never heard of. But Peter saw a movie of his called, I think, Fault, and thought it was pretty good, huh? Was it uh, good, Peter? I, I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I take your word for it. Yeah. But oh yeah. Fault. You, you what? Give you, me the plot. I, I don't remember it? the I don't remember the plot because I didn't see it. But you. You, you wrote about it. I don't even. It was playing at the Roxy, and the guy was getting interviewed, and you said, "This is a really cool movie." Oh yeah, no, no, I do remember it now because um, I was interviewing uh, Leland Orser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah, is yeah. a delight, yeah. and uh, and I've known him. You know, back to when I lived in L.A., I met him, uh, and and that was a good movie. That was a super yeah. interesting, like, kind of a pseudo thriller, really focused on the the central performance but yeah uh, i enjoyed it a lot i'd okay. like to see his future work but yeah. you were just okay on this movie no 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 i thought it was good it's really okay. good yeah it's um it's it stars jesse eisenberg he got a guy who gets mugged like, does he play jesse eisenberg or does he play someone else he plays jesse eisenberg <laughs> yeah yeah just curious i mean what do you, what do you want do you, you know that's what you want you want he could play he could play zuckerberg you know that's jesse eisenberg <laughs> yeah 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 that's right yeah he plays zuckerberg as jesse eisenberg <laughs> Yeah, so so he's walking down the street and he gets mugged. Although he doesn't even get mugged, he gets beat up. He just gets mm-hmm. assaulted, really. And they take his wallet and a kind of like extra, like a taking his wallet is like taking a scalp. You know what I mean? They weren't mm-hmm. after the scalp; they were after the 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 violence. And um, so then he he goes, he joins a dojo and he wants to learn karate. And that's where the movie starts. I have to say, for the first ten minutes, it's good, and then it hits about a pocket of about twenty minutes where. It's really boring, and you think, I was struggling to stay awake. I was, like, doing that kind of where you're sleeping with your eyes open thing. You know, I was, like, I was like, in a zombified state because I didn't have much hope. I thought, is this going to be a guy taking karate lessons, and it's going to be that, and it's not. It goes, then it starts going crazy and getting really interesting and deeper and weirder and creepier and interesting ideas about masculinity and what it means to be a man and or how you should conduct yourself and how you should you know regard how you should what your relationship with the world should be you know should it be like welcome and opening or should you basically be looking expecting to get assaulted at every turn and it goes in in interesting directions and benefits also from uh, uh tremendously from alessandro nivola who plays the very charismatic guy who runs the karate school? Yes, right. So it's a it's a good movie. It's totally weird. Maybe they're releasing a weird movie, and they're releasing then also uh, and a bad movie this week because they know Spider Man. So one is like looking for a niche market because it's going to be for people who are not going to go see Spider Man, and then the other one is just saying, let's just dump it. And maybe even be able to say, gee, we shouldn't have released it around the time of mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Otherwise, it would have done a lot so much better. And it's our marketing people. It's not us. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know how it's going to work. And uh, do we have anything? Yeah. Do we have anything else? Yeah, we have two more. Um, I saw the next one, which is called Maiden. Oh, Maiden. Uh, Maiden. That's a terrific documentary. Yeah, it's good, right? It's about those women. Yeah, I really, who, really, really and, liked it. And it's m- mainly about Tracy Edwards. But right. she's, I thought it was interesting that that it was it showed... Tell me what you think, Lee, about this. It showed, like, in a way, what a mess Tracy Edwards sort of was. Yes, you know? yes. That's what made it so excellent. Yeah. And the, and the fact that you were able to, and, and, and they were able to be open and honest about it mostly. Yeah. And it was also, I 
sort of knew what happened, but I just I stayed away from what happened, which really don't read anything about this movie because it's 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 so much fun to see what actually happens. Yeah, I think you're you right know? about and that. I mean, yeah, don't read so, about it. And, and fact, I did read about it. Yeah, it and, and yeah. it was just like, I just knew something very small in it. And as it developed, I went, ah, and then and that was all I knew. Yeah. And it really helped a lot in, 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 in going, oh my goodness gracious, you know, in, yeah. in the movie. And um, and my only thing was at the end, I thought they should, they really left it at the, at the time period it happened. It's about these women, <coughs> this women's crew around the around the world Whitbread is it called the Whitbread? Yeah, the, wi- yeah, the Whitbread so. race, which is was all men at that time, and these women were just written off as they're going to like not even make the first leg, and that doesn't happen. But the ending to me was they never really told you what happened to any of these people on the whole. Well, a little bit of Tracy Edwards, but a little not bit, as not much. really, not that much, not that much. But I, I really liked it. I thought the scenes. I think they had some real footage from the time, and like it, it was just. It was just, it really kept you interested throughout that whole movie. I yeah. never found a dull moment there. I, if I was on that boat, I would have no reason to think Tracy Edwards wasn't going to just crash into a rock. Yeah. Because she, what was also, it was interesting about her is that in, even in the midst of doing it, she would be getting plagued by bouts of insecurity. Yeah. So it wasn't like she overcame it, got on the boat and did this no. amazing thing. While, but of course... Those tri- the whole trip was like what eight months, ten months? Oh, forever! It forever. It was ever. It was just. It was just remarkable. As I said, it's just watching. And I vaguely remember this when I was in sports, but we never really covered. I think it was like what we call the sports digest item, yeah. you know, because it was. It's basically you know based in England and most of the. Could you? Oh, I, by the way, do you remind? Because you talk about how this things would cover. Could you imagine? Could you believe the sexism in England? I, oh, on the, I don't yeah. think. I don't think in our press it would have been like oh, that. Oh yeah, what. Really? Yeah. In those a, days? Tarts and what? Tarts? A tin full of tarts? Yeah. Nobody would Oh, yes, yes. I mean, I just remember, I remember, I remember having arguments like about about treatment of like, um, they would call people cupcakes. And they said, you can't do that. And I mean, arguments would actually Yeah, but pursue. a tin full of tarts is like saying they're like prostitutes. Yeah, but I mean, you did have the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders that were, with nicknames. And I actually protested in and the lost. 80s? I lost. In the late 80s? Yes, in the late 80s. Yeah. I lost. I lost some of those battles. And those guys, I mean, they can see that they, mm-hmm. they don't even they don't even think that it, that yeah. they and did as, the wrong thing. And as a thing. woman sports writer, as, as matter of fact, is they didn't want me to cover men's sports, and that was one of the things I fought for. And then oh, when wow. I finally got it, I realized the women's sports teams were getting messed up. So I became a big proponent of women's sports, which I really don't like. Although I did root heavily for the women's World Cup soccer team. Megan, did you see the, Did you see the bar scene? Huh? Did you see the bar scene? Uh. On Fox News, of no. the women celebrating in Lyon. Oh, you didn't see it? No. Oh, go on YouTube and see it. Uh-huh. It's really, really funny. On Fox, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you off yeah. mic. Um, all right. So, is that it, or is there no, one more? No, there's one other. Oh, we got. Um, it's the birthplace of Barack Obama, I believe. Hawaii. The Lion King. Oh, <laughs> if you're if you're oh, watch the, the correspondence um, club, you know. Oh right, yeah, yeah and, I remember and, that. And he walked out with the big song from Lion King. It was pretty funny, and it, uh, actually, the bad part was Trump saw that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the Lion King. Yeah, we're allowed to talk about it as of today. Mm-hmm. It doesn't open until Wednesday, so I haven't written it yet. But I may, I may write it tomorrow. Uh, interesting. One of these movies now that are coming out that are basically sort of live action, sort of, I mean, live action versions of what used to be straight up cartoons. But, I mean, a lot of it must be computer generated, maybe most of it, because the 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 animals are talking. So, 
it looks totally real. This is what was interesting about it. First of all, I think it's a good movie. Mm. I really like it. I just saw The Lion King musical about a year ago. And thought it was pretty good. I yeah. didn't. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, it was, uh, I said there was things good or bad, but I didn't think it was very good. Yeah, I thought, well, mm-hmm. very good is, I said pretty good. But anyway, <laughs> I, you know, I'd give it a grudging clapping, little man. In the movie, same songs mm-hmm. were horrible. It just, seems, it just seems stupid, inappropriate, trivial. And I think it was... Be- Bec- and, and it was so good that I had the experience of seeing it on stage and not reacting negatively to the music at all. I think it was the fact that in a cartoon and also obviously on stage where everybody just wearing headdresses, it was clearly not real. And so somehow everybody breaking into song in the middle of it also seemed of a piece, you know, and maybe even augmenting what was augmenting the, the, what was there, it, it kind of filling in the absence. But watching actual lions having conversation, or, or so it looks, it just seemed like, why are the lions breaking into song? And why are they singing? And why are they singing these songs that sound like the 90s? And why are they saying, like all that, like Makuta, Makata, whatever <laughs> the thing is, horrible, horrible, just horrible. But most of the movie isn't songs, and and it's so beautiful to look at, and the situation is so compelling, and Scar is such a that's the only good thing about bad it. guy. <laughs> Scar and and uh, Simba is really cute. I mean, oh. until he grows up, but when he's <laughs> like a kid, when he's a little cub, I mean, he's really adorable. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in there. So I'm going to give it a, a little man clapping. But I have to say that the songs are like, even the first song, The Circle mm-hmm. of Life, although it's not that bad because it, it, you need something ostentatious mm-hmm. to begin it. Um, but I think if you get rid of the lyric, get, get rid of the singing, like get rid of the lyrics and just have the music would have been better. I think the movie would have been better if it were completely reconceived. Reconceived as not being a musical. That's you know, it's interesting. They did that with Cinderella, which I thought was bad. Was that? They took out the. They just made it incidental music. Yeah. And Beauty and the Beast. They left the music in. So of course you have all of these like silly people like myself, you know, doing our little kumbaya act during the show. Yeah, I thought it was good too. Um, but it's weird. I never really liked the animation movie that much. I found the storyline. Scar is the one character I, I loved, but I found the storyline was just not that great. Yeah. In, in the, the Lion King, that's from the animation movie alone. And the same thing with the musical. I said. It's beautiful to look at that musical. I mean, there's no question that opening scene is really quite remarkable. But the storyline to me is just sort of, eh. I know a guy who was in the touring company of, of Lion King. And he played Scar. And Scar had this huge headdress. Absolutely wrecked his back. Yeah. He, yeah, know, wrecked him. Back wrecked to, him. you know, it's interesting because when it came out to San Francisco, we did a story. You know, Jeff Hoyle was in the original. And they all complained about the physical therapist oh, and yeah. I had the reporter was in New York when we did the story and the first thing he asked was about it and the publicist at the time was furious and wrote back and screaming and yelling about it about how dare he ask this question I go what else are you going to write about Wow, you know and I was like you know raked over the coals by this and I'm going 
but that's the story. Is you how do these people, the you know, good? It's, it's yeah. you know, how do they, you know, what do they Yeah, the guy, the guy, I don't think that guy, ever, his back ever got better. Yeah. Yeah. It was like blood money. Yeah. You know, he was doing this thing yeah. for money. And I mean, it's, it's just a very physical, athletic did. movie. I mean, show. Uh, and it was just, I couldn't believe it. And the guy happened to also be a sports writer. He says, you gave me a hockey writer. I gave, I gave you a really good writer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you listen to publicists, yeah. you just yeah. wind up losing your mind. Although I like some, like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when they're working for these, basically they're, they're only as nice as the organizations that yeah. they work for. And if they're working a, for Disney's a tough organization. Disney's a, yeah, Disney is not Uncle Walt. Although Disney I have to say in rough. recent years, Disney's been very kind to the Chronicle. Disney because I think used Pixar. to be yeah yeah that's right used to you, Disney used to be horrible yeah it, it, it's not like that now um, anyway Liba mm-hmm. always a pleasure to see you always a pleasure to see you and um, uh, you're you're going away okay. so next week you'll be you'll be uh, replaced by I think Rob Morris is going to come in here <laughs> yeah he's going to be uh, Liba so it'll be my my uh, current. Uh, editor, as opposed to my former editor, but then you'll be back in I guess four weeks. But then you'll stories. be gone. I won't be gone yet. Oh. but I'll be yeah, I'll be gone. I'm looking yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be gone for about a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, so I'm almost at the stage where I can almost like smell the vacation <laughs> coming on, but uh, not quite at that stage yet. Um, all right, Libby, so great. Uh, come back next week, everybody, for another. Oh yeah, we have to get the echo chamber for this. Uh, come back next well, week I'm for another. I'm climbing into it. Hold <laughs> on a minute. Oh, Peter, could you lower well, the ladder? We don't know if we're going to be able to do the effect yet, but come back next week for another thrilling and exciting installment of Movies with Mick LaSalle. <laughs> You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thanks to Mick LaSalle and Liba Hertz. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Midnight Special by Ease Jammy Jams. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.